We wish to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land we are recording on in Perth, Western Australia. The Wadjuk people of the Noongar Nation. We wish to acknowledge their continuing culture. And pay our respects to the Elders past, present and emerging. In a world where the lives of everyday people are preordained by the script that must be followed, a ragtag team of scamps dare to speak their highly unqualified opinions publicly. They dare to go off script. Unscripted, the film show. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. You can't handle the truth. Man, I'm walking here. I'm walking here. Here's Johnny. You're going to need a bigger boat. I'll have what she's having. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Good evening and welcome Unscripted Nights to Unscripted, the film show on Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM, the top station on your dial. Uh, my name is Lewis and sitting across of me is no one tonight because uh, my co-hosts are uh, otherwise disposed. Um, Rachel is uh, is feeling a bit unwell. Uh, hopefully she gets better soon. And Cecilia is feeling sleepy due to roadworks because uh, there's a bit of roadworks going on outside her house all night long and it's uh, it's not good. So she's uh, finding it very hard to stay awake. And I was like, well, dude, don't come into the studio. Go home and rest. Uh, and, uh, and so hope she's, hopefully she's doing just that, uh, getting her sleep in. Um, and then... Uh, and then um, she can uh, be here next week and we can talk about films then. But uh, don't worry. I've Well, actually, you should worry. Anyone who's listened to the show before when I'm doing a solo show should be very worried because uh, I'm not usually behind the desk here at uh, at Radio Fremantle. I'm usually on the other side um, because uh, I like... Well, it's, I, I used to be on the desk uh, and I used to uh, do it a lot. But then when Rachel and Cecilia started, they... they tended to like doing the desk more than I do. And I, I just went, well, okay, you guys, you, you do the desk and, and I'll kick back here and I'll, I'll, I'll provide content. Uh, and, and so that's, that's where my, my forte is, is to be, you know, the content person. But, um, yeah, unfortunately, um, they're, they're not here. So I'm going to have to you know, do desk, do content uh, and <laughs> bounce off myself, uh, which, is, which is always fun. Um, but, yeah, I do have some movies to talk about, though, fortunately. Very lucky that I went and saw some films over the weekend and saw a film last night as well. Um, so on tonight's show, I'm going to be talking about a couple of films that are in cinemas now. Uh, there's Haunting in Venice, the, the new Poirot film. I think I got it right. It's uh, Hercule Poirot. Um, my apologies to any uh, French speakers out there for my pronunciation. Uh, and also going to be talking about uh, Blue Beetle, the new DC film that is in cinemas now. And a film I saw last night, so it's still fresh in my mind, Dumb Money. <laughs> Which is, uh, Dumb Money is based on a true story. Um, and it is about, uh, it's about shares, it's about stocks. <laughs> but don't panic. Uh, it's not boring. It's a very interesting story. So uh, I will tell you more about that uh, as uh, as the hour progresses. Uh, so yeah, so hopefully I can get through the whole show without resorting to music. Uh, no, no guarantees though, because, uh, you know, um, I, I might, uh, yeah, I might find myself you know, lost for things to talk about. Um, but my, my goodness, it's been a, a full on day. Uh, just, you know, doing, doing the worky thing and then uh, trying to get from Bayswater to Burragoon because I've got, this, I have, have, I've got psoriasis and uh, one of the treatments for it is a light box. So I go all the way to Burragoon. So I finish early, on a, usually a Wednesday or Thursday, go to Burragoon and then it's kind of like, well, I need, I've got these packages because we, the, the job I do, the day job I do, uh, we supply decking. And we send lots of samples to people. And I had these decking samples in the car. I was like, well, I can't not send these samples. So then I had to go and find a post office to take the decking samples to, to send those off. And I went, well, 
there's Lotto tonight, so I should really get some Lotto as well. So I did that. I went to the bank. I put money in the bank. I got, and then I had to go home because I've got animals and the animals need to be fed. So I fed the animals and I'm like running out of time uh, to get to the studio, but I got here in time. Uh, Arda um, was sitting behind the desk texting me going, Is any, are any of you guys coming in? Is there going to be anyone doing the show tonight? And, uh, and I said, yes, yes, I am here. Well, I didn't text him. I just walked to the door. I said, yeah, I'm here. I'm going to do the show. So it's all, it's all good. Don't panic. Um, and I think I just had a look at my, my phone because I, uh, I was really uh, excited kind of this week uh, because uh, there was an announcement. Well, not an announcement. There was an announcement. There was a rumor, a rumor last week that uh, and, and people, again, if you've listened to the show for a while, you will know I'm a big wrestling fan. Um, and you'll know that Cecilia is also a wrestling fan as well. Uh, Rachel, not so much. Um, and uh, there was a rumor last week that the WWE, uh, the World Wrestling, <laughs> I don't know what, WWE, the WWE used to be the WWF used to be the World Wrestling Federation. The World Wrestling Federation. Now, that made sense. It made sense. It was, it was wrestling in a world, and it was federated. It's, it's like that, that makes so much sense to me. That's a good name. Then they changed their name to WWE, which stands for World Wrestling Entertainment. Now, the reason they did that was because there's another WWF uh, in the world, which is the World Wildlife Foundation, and they didn't like the WWF, the wrestling WWF, using the same initials that they had. So I think the WWF were like giving them some money for quite a while um, because originally they, they were the Worldwide Wrestling Federation, WWW. Uh, WF, <laughs> and then they t- shot the name to World uh, World to World Wrestling Federation, and then uh, then they've now changed it to World Wrestling Entertainment, which is WWE, and it, the WWE sounds okay. But it just doesn't make any sense. But anyway, that's by the by. I think they should have just paid the panda more money just to keep WWF. But anyway, um, the World Wrestling Federation, so the WWE was go- is going to come to Perth and they are going to be at our stadium. Uh, so the at the the Optus Stadium, um, and uh, and that 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 that's huge. Uh, you know, they, they were here a few years ago. Um, and they were over in uh, in Melbourne, and they were in. I think it was the. I'm pretty sure it was the MCG. I'm not uh, not 100 sure on that one, uh, but uh, they they were um, in Mel uh, in Melbourne, and that was that was huge. And now they're going to be here in in Perth. And but I've been waiting for this announcement all week, and it just wasn't coming. It wasn't coming. It wasn't coming. Now I'm live on air, and it's been announced. Two hours ago, so I, I missed the announcement that the WWE Elimination Chamber is coming to Perth. That that is huge. That is that is really big news. And the Elimination Chamber is not just a house show. It's it's a, it's actually a, a big pay per view event that they they like broadcast all around the world, and it's going to be here in in Perth in Optus Stadium on Saturday, February the twenty fourth. I'm, I'm pretty darn excited about this. Now, I must preface this by saying I actually don't find the WWE product that great at the moment. Um, the, the, I used to be a really big fan of their developmental division called NXT, but it's, uh, it's kind of become lackluster in the last year or so, and I've got more into the, uh, the comp- competitive competition, uh, which is all elite wrestling, which is so much better, but... It's still wrestling. It's still live. It's still coming to Perth and going to be Optum Stadium. So I am still going to be there, <laughs> and uh, I can't believe I'm actually going to be able to go and see a, um, a WWE pay per view here in in Australia, which is is pretty darn awesome. I am very excited, and uh, I'm you know <laughs> going to get myself some tickets. Um, going to go to see the the show, and I hope that this means that uh, you know. We can sell out the stadium, and there's just people from the eastern states. There's people from coming down from Asia, and we just fill this stadium out. And people go, "My God, wrestling! 
Perth, people love it. Let's get more in. Then maybe we'll get some AEW shows down here as well. Maybe, I don't know, WrestleMania one day. Who knows? We can shoot for the stars. They've never actually done a WrestleMania outside of uh, North America, but we'll give it a crack. We'll give it a crack. So, yeah, that's, that's pretty exciting. Um, that's good news. That's exciting news. Um, what isn't uh, exciting news for me? Now, again, this is a very this, – this show is, uh, you know – it's, it's all about me at the end of the day because I'm the only one uh, sitting behind the microphone for the next hour. So, um, again, if you've listened to the show for a while, you would know uh, that I'm waiting to get a car. And uh, I'm, I'm just – I'm talking about this because I just want to – I want to vent. I want to get it out there in the open because um, I ordered uh, a, a RAV4 um, uh, in December – of 2021 and I have been uh, waiting for this uh, said car uh, ever since. I've been very, very lucky. I'm in a very fortunate position that uh, my uh, mum let me her car uh, because I didn't have, have a car because I was a, had a, uh, I was a sales role and I had a company car before, so I didn't have a car. And my mum let me uh, her car, and uh, I've been using that ever since, uh, thinking I was only going to need it for like you know three months, six months. You know that's as long as it takes to get a car, surely, surely. Uh, and then, but they, I mean, Toyota said at the time, oh, it'll probably be about six months, and. Um, that's not true. It's it's uh, it was six months and then it was twelve months and and uh, and now it's coming up to two years. And uh, I I contacted them the other day uh, to find out you know where I was in the queue and uh, when I was likely to get my car. And uh, apparently uh, it's going to take another two months before I get told my car is being built, and then uh, another month or so after that until it arrives here. So. It possibly this could be the last Toyota I get because uh, you know based on this kind of service it's 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 pretty uh, pretty uh, abysmal. Um, but yeah, the, and the other thing I've been hearing as well is that people who uh, you know had put in orders for cars and been told okay this is how much of a trade in you're going to get for your current car uh, are now being told that the trade in they're going to get for the current car when they finally get the new car is going to be thousands of dollars less than what they were originally told. And it's like, my goodness, they 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 just like they just like making money hand over fist. Uh, does this this company? They're doing a great job, but uh, yeah. So I had to get that out. I had to had to vent and and just let it go because there's nothing I can do about it. So um, one day my car will come, and uh, that'll be that'll be very exciting. Um, so as well as. Uh, movies this week that I have seen. It's been a it's been a great week um, because you know I I love uh, seeing movies and I love uh, going to live theatre and I got to do both this week. So not only did I see three films, but my wife Kat and I also went and saw Mary Pop Mary Poppins at uh, I'm gonna get choked up um, Mary Poppins at the Crown Cinema. Oh, sorry, Crown Theatre. And it was amazing. Like, I mean, I've seen a lot of musicals um, and there's some musicals where the music is just fantastic and there's other musicals where the story is is great. And then Mary Poppins is the most magical musical I've ever seen. Like, the stagecraft in this show is so impressive. Um, So, yeah, so I've been – it's been a good – a good week. It's been a bad week finding out my car's going to be later than expected. But, uh, you know, in general, I think, uh, I think I'm going to err on the positive side. Uh, but I'm going to give my voice a bit of a chance to rest and I'm going to play a couple of ads and then who knows, I might even come back and get cracked into a film review. Let's see what happens. And thank you very much to all of our sponsors. You'll be hearing from a few more of those a little bit later on tonight. Uh, so, yeah. Movies. There's there's movies out in the cinemas. Go see them while you have the chance. Um, that was a that was a vague thing about the uh, the writers' strike and and the actors' strike, which is still ongoing. Uh, the uh, you know, studios don't seem to have made much effort to get in contact with them and go, you know, dudes, what can we do to uh, sit down, nut this out, make sure that you know you guys can go back to writing and. You guys can go back to acting and we can go back to making lots of money. They've not done any of that. No, they're just they're just sitting back. They're waiting for people to lose their houses and lose their... Oh, that's very negative, but very true. Um, 
lose their houses, lose their apartments, and uh, and then just have no choice but to accept whatever measly kind of thing these money-grabbing studios want to give to them. Uh, so hopefully uh, I'm being pessimistic, and hopefully um, they, uh, they eventually get to, around to, uh, you know, uh, making a, a deal which is beneficial to the uh, writers and the actors. Um, and it's just like the thing that gets me as well is like, okay, writers and actors are on strike. But to make movies, you also need all the uh, crew there to make the, the movies. Uh, you know, you need to have people who do design costumes and like people who do the catering and all these other ancillary parts to making movies and those people aren't working now at the moment either it just it just baffles me that these massive corporations that own the studios have no heart and and don't seem to you know care that you know people are not making a livelihood so very bad bad forms Big, big studios. I think you you need to you know pull your head in, um, get back to the negotiating table, and and make sure that uh, you know th- that you look after the people who you know make the things that make the money for you. Um, anyway, I'm going to get off my soapbox before I get a splinter. Um, I have seen some movies this week uh, which are in cinemas now, uh, and one I saw on Friday night uh, is the the new film uh, A Haunting in Venice which I didn't even realise was coming out. But uh, see, the thing is, is that uh, Kenneth Branagh seems to be having a freaking great time uh, with uh, doing the character of Hercule Poirot. I apologise for my pronunciation. Um, he did the, uh, the, the a murder in sorry a murder on the Orient Express, uh, and he also did Death on the Nile, um, and he is now doing a haunting in Venice. Uh, so it's certainly um, you know showing that he's really enjoying uh, the character he's playing, uh, and I think when you see the the movies, you can just see how much he's enjoying playing the part. Um, also with a, a haunting in Venice, uh, so haunting a haunting Venice. Uh, he also uh, directs the film as well, which must be the <laughs> the weirdest thing in the world to be the actor and be the director, and you're directing yourself. So I was like, oh, Kenneth, I think you're gonna have to have, have another shot, have another crack at it. Try doing it this way, Kenneth. I wonder if you get a very split personality when you're the the, the writer and the director, but. Um, I think he he did a, he did a really really good job of uh, of directing himself. Um, it's it's interesting because it's like um, a, a James Bond kind of character. Well, it's very similar to Bond because Bond you know was written written by uh, Ian Fleming and th- and this one's Agatha Christie and it's um, you know it's a character who keeps coming back and but i guess in bond the 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 stories uh don't kind of continue on after each other and uh they're kind of standalone stories at the end of the day they, these ones are in a, in a way as well but there is a progression to them so you had murder on the orient express then you had death on the nile and now you've got a haunting in venice and a haunting in venice um He's decided that he's he's done with being the the detective, um, and he's just gonna like kick back in Venice. Uh, he's not gonna take any more cases. Um, he's got a bodyguard there that's just like keeping people away from him, and all he wants to do is have his boiled eggs and his pastries, and that's the life he wants. But you have a uh, a, a friend kind of thing. He doesn't. He says he doesn't have any friends, but. Um, you got a friend who's played by Tina Fey uh, who comes and says to him, Hercule, I know you're not working, mate. Uh, we've got a, you know, I, I think you, 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 you can't just sit here and eat, eat, eat eggs, um, can't measure your eggs and eat them. Uh, you've got to get out there, get out there, Hercule, and you've got to you know, do things or at least do this one thing for me. And... So uh, she says to Hercule that there is a a medium, a psychic medium, who is coming to Venice on All Hallows' Eve, also known as Halloween, to uh, do a seance because um, the owner of this uh, this manor housey mansiony thing uh her daughter had died the previous year 
under like they they assume it was uh, suicide, but um, there, there's other suspicions. Um, and so the mum uh, has organised for the, Mrs Reynolds, played by Michelle Yeoh, to come and do a séance uh, to connect with her her deceased daughter. Um, so uh, Adrian, uh, played by Tina Fey, convinces Hercule to go to this house which used to be an orphanage where these children were trapped and died and it's all very scary and apparently it's a really haunted place and so he goes there and he's like nah this is you're you're a charlatan it's all fake um uh, but then he starts to see and hear things and he starts questioning himself and there in lies the mystery of what the heck is going on um I've seen all three of the uh, the, the films um, with Kenneth Branagh as Hercule, uh, and uh, I think they're all great. <laughs> I, I just I, I love a murder mystery. They're they're good fun. Um, Honestly, I, I've never seen the the previous versions of the, the film, so I don't know, uh, you know, what the uh, reveal is going to be. So for me, it's all new and it's all exciting, and and that's the thing. A lot of these um, things have been done before as as TV shows or movies and and those kind of things. But it was it's yeah really interesting to go and see it, and um, it was just uh, really well made because it's kind of. Um, Bridging the gap between like a detective whodunit film and a horror film, but it's not so scary horror that a person who's a bit a bit wussy wouldn't be able to go and see it. Because I, mean, my wife uh, Kat's not a big fan of horror films. She does like a good vampire film, but generally speaking, she stays away from horrors. And my mate Huge, <laughs> I've been to films with him that aren't exactly horror films, and I've seen him cover his eyes. So uh, they are not the biggest one, uh, biggest people for uh, horror films, but um, they they both enjoyed this film immensely. They they loved it. They weren't scared by it. So it, it is um, certainly a film that you can go and enjoy even if you're not a fan of horror. So don't get put off by the name A Haunting in Venice. It's ostensibly a whodunit with a little horror twist. But uh, the, 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 the twist is good. It's a, it's, a very, it's a very good film, very well made. Um, if you've been to Venice, uh, you will love seeing all the canals and you'll probably have flashbacks to the, the, the sights and the smells of Venice. I haven't been there. I do want to go there someday just to have a walk around and see what it's all about um and uh but yeah it's uh, a haunting in venice is in cinemas now uh and i <laughs> what am i going to give this one uh i am going to give a uh, haunting in venice for bobbing apples because it is based around halloween um so yeah, that is uh, Haunting Venice is out now in cinemas, and we are almost entering. <coughs> my apologies, we are almost entering the spookiest month of the year uh, when it comes to uh, October, because October, of course, uh, you know, end of October is uh, Halloween. Uh, so yeah, that. As well as A Haunting in Venice, there is uh, other spooky films you can go and see in cinemas. Uh, I would recommend, uh, again, if you are if you like horror but you like soft horror, uh, I would recommend going and seeing uh, Haunted Mansion, the new Disney film which is based on the Haunted Mansion attraction. Um, it's uh, it's great. If you've, seen, if you've been on the Haunted Mansion attraction, it is uh, going to, you know, help you relive th- those moments. And if you haven't, then it's still a great story. So you will enjoy it. And then uh, then you can go home and watch the Eddie Murphy version and decide which one you like better. It'll probably be the new one, but, uh, you know, don't, don't let me spoil that for you. Um, I think there's still The Exorcist coming out as well. Uh, so I've, I've got to go and see that in coming weeks. Um, and also there is a new Saw film that is coming out very shortly. Now, usually that would not interest me at all. That would be like Saw, that's from the torture porn era, that's, I don't like that stuff, I am not going to go see that. But um, the, the new Saw film has got, has got a really interesting twist on it. Um, I've seen the trailer, the trailer for it and the, uh, the, the, the conceit of the story is 
um, you know where there's people who've got like cancer and those kind of things and they go to these like faith healery kind of mystic people who say, oh, we're going to just grab that cancer out of you and they'll just like, you know, they plunge their hand into the person's chest and they pull out what looks like cancer but it's actually like chicken livers or something like that um, and they, they say, oh, you're healed and you go home and you die. Um, that's the kind of thing. This the guy who is the the, the main bad guy I saw. He's like, uh, oh my god, I'm dying of cancer, and uh, so he goes and like pays a lot of money to these people who say, don't worry, we can heal your cancer. We'll just cut it out of you, and you'll all be good. And so he does that, and then he finds out after the fact that he's been hoodwinked, and they've just like done nothing and uh, he's going to die and and uh, they, they just took all of his money. And so if you do that to a mass serial killer, things are going to go badly for you. And so uh, that's where th- that story kicks off. So I am actually going to go and see my first ever Saw movie, uh, which I, I can't believe I'm going to be saying that, but I, I'm going to see this one because that is amazing that is great um to me that's a horror film that's a revenge story um and uh you know they the the people like uh, they they kind of deserve it so i i'm gonna uh you know leave uh, any other you know thoughts on that one till i get around to seeing uh, the, the new saw film but yeah yeah we're getting into halloween and there's there's a lot of good Nasty. Well, there's some nice stuff, isn't it? Haunting of Venice, uh, Haunted Mansion, soft horror. You know, stuff you can take your grandma to. Uh, but then there's the the more harder stuff, The Exorcist and uh, and and Saw. Probably not up Nana's alley, but uh, you know, uh, at least there is something for everyone. Uh, but I am coming up to uh, almost halfway through the show, and I am going to take another break. I've got still got two more movies to review. I've got Blue Beetle, and I have got uh, Dumb Money. Uh, I'm very excited to be uh, talking about both those films. But uh, for now, I am going to have to take a a break, have a bit of sip of bubbly. And uh, I'll be back very soon. Ah, do you know how long it takes to get from uh, from the studio to the uh, the, the uh, facilities and and back again? Longer than forty three seconds, I can tell you that much. Uh, so yeah, you are on Radio Fremantle one hundred seven point nine FM, the top station on your dial. You are with Lewis. Unfortunately, I am San Cecilia and Rachel tonight. They uh, are both out uh, because of uh, sickness and tiredness. Uh, but next week they're going to be healthy and refreshed. So <laughs> don't 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 panic. They will be back. They will be back, and you won't have to put up with me uh, for a, a whole show by myself doing the desk, trying to you know get some get some sips of uh, of water to, to to lubricate the uh, the old throat while I uh, while I continue on, um, and and running out to use the toilet uh, halfway through the show. Um, but uh, it did remind me of back in the day. You remember back? Well, no. So it depends how old you are, really. <laughs> if you're, uh, if you're a uh, you know, a young person uh, who who was born, uh, you know, in the probably late nineties and the early two thousands, you wouldn't uh, know this. But uh, back in the day, way back when I was uh, a kid in the eighties, uh, the TV shows um, they'd have you know the adverts. And uh, you'd have to wait the adverts to go and you know, have a, a pee uh, and, and then rush back to the, the TV to continue on the show. Um, so, yeah, you got very good at, like, your timing and, and, and that sort of thing. But, uh, but these days you don't need – you just pause. You just you know, pause the, the, the telly that you're streaming and then, then come back a day later <laughs> and then finish the show. I, I literally – there was times – when you knew this was pre me getting a VCR, so for for a time the only like you know entertainment in the house was free to wear TV, um, and so that in the eighties meant a lot of uh, Elvis movies um, and uh, uh, soap operas. My granddad was way into soap operas and and sport, which I didn't like. Didn't like sport. Um, so it was uh, it was it's interesting. Like yeah, that that was uh, that was my my childhood, and then. These days, it's kind of like this smorgasbord of all of the TV show you want to watch, and uh, you can just pause it and come back, and oh, just what a, what a world we live in! What a world! But um, if you don't want to be uh, watching telly, and you you want to get that that experience of 
trying to hold your bladder uh, before you, you explode to see the end of something, um, then, then go to the movies. is a great way of doing that because you, you go to the movies and um, if you uh, get the, the, the biggest uh, size of drink that you, you can get, I still don't understand that. <laughs> like it's a two-hour film. Why do you need a litre of any liquid over two hours? Like, surely, like, a small will be enough. But uh, no, 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 we, uh, we don't. We go and get the, uh, the largest possible drink that we can get. And, uh, and then, obviously, you know, you've got to you know, bail out and go for a wee uh, halfway through the film or wait for that point where you just go, oh, doesn't look like anything's happening here. And then you go and it's like pivotal happens. You come back and it's like, oh, what did I miss? What did I miss? So, um just get the small uh, the small drink is, is what I'm saying, and that way uh, you can see the whole film and uh, and not have to go uh, and uh, you know wait to see it on uh, a streaming service or, or on Blu-ray and, uh, and DVD to find out what you missed or pay for another ticket and just go there, um, see the bit you missed and then go away. Um, or you can watch it twice. It's up to you. You do you, boo. That's what I'm saying. Just just uh, whatever you want to do, it's fine by me. Um, but when I saw uh, Blue Beetle, I can't remember. I don't think I had to go for a wee during the film. I think I managed to go get through the whole thing. And it, it, I was being agitated as well, not, not agitated and annoyed. Um, I, was, I was being agitated because I was in the D-Box cinema uh, at Carousel. Now, the, the D-Box in Carousel is a bit different because we do have the D-Box in uh, Karen Up and... In that cinema, it's actually a separate D-Box cinema you go into and it's got the chair and the chair like moves and vibrates and it's like, so if there's like action happening on the screen, there's action happening in your chair. Um, be thankful I didn't say action's happening in your... No, no, there, there's action happening in your chair. So... Um, it, when you guys see a superhero film, they're great for that. So Carousel has a different setup of D-Box. So instead of having a whole cinema that's D-Box, most of the cinema is just your normal standard recliner chairs. But they've got a couple of rows in the cinema where they're D-Box chairs. So they're the chairs that move and vibrate and do all, all that kind of fun stuff. And so uh, Kat and I, for the first time, went to Carousel to, to the D-Box there. And it was excellent. It's really good because it's a massive screen, obviously. And... Um, You've got all the, the, the extra sensation of the, the chair moving with the, the movie. So if you want to go and see a superhero film and you want to see it with a bit of a extra element to it, highly recommend uh, getting into uh, the D-Box, either the, the one uh, at Karen Up or the, the one at Carousel, and uh, both are, are great experiences. So Blue Beetle. What is it? I hear you ask. I, I, I have no idea of, of, of this Blue Beetle you talk about. Because with superheroes, generally you know the, the big ones, Superman, Batman, and now we, you know, I could go and ask anyone and go, name the Avengers, and they'll rattle off the Avengers. They, they're that, you know, people just know who they are now. Whereas Blue Beetle is kind of like a second tier, some might even say third tier Z-list kind of character from the DC universe. Uh, and, you know, I think the Blue Beetles, you know, most of its fame came from being a part of the, the uh, Justice League, uh, the JLA back in the day, where, <laughs> so, which Keith Giffen did, where the, it was kind of a comedy uh, Justice League and Blue Beetle and Booster Gold were there and it was all all fun and games and funny. But that, that Blue Beetle was... Um, Ted Cord, uh, and that is not the the Blue Beetle that I'm referring to. I'm referring to the new Blue Beetle, uh, uh, who is uh, Hemi Ramirez. Uh, sorry, Hemi Reyes, um, and uh, he's played by Zylo Madunas. Sorry, my yes, my Mexican pronunciation is even worse than my French. Um, he is the dude from Karate Kid. Uh, that uh, got his arm, you know, broken and and stuff like that. Uh, he's a great actor, you know, very very compelling. I'm glad to see him uh, doing well. Um, and uh, so he plays the title character of Blue Beetle in this film, and it's a very um, it's a it's a very straightforward kind of uh, superhero movie. Um, Jamie or Amy. Uh, uh, comes from a, a poor family. Uh, they're, they're living in the uh, 
part of town which is the older part of town and there's a big city that's been growing up in front of him and his parents are, you know, they've lost their business, they're about to lose their house. Things are not going great for him. But he uh, runs into uh, Ted Cord's daughter, Jenny Cord. Uh, Ted Cord is not in the picture. He's uh, Something's happened to him. He's not there. And um, Jenny's aunt, who is played uh, by Susan Sarandon, I think, uh, that is who she's playing, yeah, Victoria Cord, played by Susan Sarandon, um, she's taken over Ted's company. I wonder if she had anything to do with Ted's disappearance. Hmm, I don't know. Um, the film doesn't answer that, by the way. I was just, like, putting it out there. Um, so uh, Victoria Cord is running Cord Industries uh, and uh, Jenny Cord, she's still involved, but she still wants, she wants Cord Industries to be more philanthropic, uh, like her father would want it, whereas um, Victoria Cord uh, likes it to be all... Um, Gunny, gunny, let's make weapons. <laughs> and and so uh, she's trying to harness the power of the Blue Beetle Scarab um, to to make her uh, weapon, her machine, the one-man army corps or the OMAC, uh, make that um, as powerful as it could possibly be. But the, uh, the Beetle Scarab has other ideas. Uh, Jaime uh, Reyes becomes uh, the Blue Beetle because it decide, decides that he's the right host for him, and or, or host for it, and uh, so uh, he becomes the Blue Beetle. So he gets this these superpowers, he gets this uh, this suit of armor, he gets all these different weapons that come with it, and he gets a like an onboard uh, computer thing uh, that you know tells him stuff. So. There is, like, okay, this is a fun movie. It's really just switch your mind off, go in there, have fun. Um, the actors are great. The action is great. Uh, I really enjoyed it. But um, it, it's kind of like feels like something you've seen before. Um, and, and you have because it's like Iron Man uh, and it's also like Spider-Man. And it's, you know, so it's got a mishmash of all, all these kind of things. But it's kind of cool, though, to see it with a, a poor family, uh, a family who's, you know, come from, you know, Mexico. And so there's that kind of element to it as well, which is a bit of a, a twist. It's not like he's a, a guy in a suit of armour who's also a, a billionaire. Uh, he's a kid in a, in a suit of armour that's just been chosen randomly by this alien symbiote. So it's a, um, it's a, it's a good film. Um, it's just unfortunate this has come at the end of the DC cinematic universe and you know, you're not going to see a chance to see this Blue Beetle character rock up in another film. I don't know, maybe, maybe you will. Maybe James Gunn will say, um, I'm going to put Blue Beetle in another movie. Uh, we, we don't know if that's going to happen or not. But, um, yeah, as far as, like, you know, as far as um, accuracy from comic to, to the movie, I mean, this is really accurate. I read the comics. I, I got the, the, these comics where this character came about and he looks like the character from the comics and uh, I, I think the performance is very much like character from the comics. So all around, this is a good a good superhero film. If you want to catch a superhero film, get to the cinema and see Blue Beetle. Is it necessary to see this film? Like, are you going to miss out if you don't see it? Probably not, but I, I still think it's a, it's a lot of fun. So, um, I am going to give uh, Blue Beetle um, four weird back thingies. Um, but if you if you go and see the film, you'll you'll understand why I, why I'm uh, saying four weird back thingies. So yeah, definitely definitely. Um, if you want to go see some action, go see Blue Beetle. If you want to enjoy it, uh, a, 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 an action film from a different kind of perspective, then then do the D box. We've we've talked about the D box before. Um, I've seen Spider Man. Uh, I've seen Doctor Strange. Um, I've seen uh, what else? Oh, I saw um, freaking Uncharted uh, in D box. Uh, so yeah, it's it, it. I think it just like accentuates those those kind of films um and uh just adds an, another element to it so yeah definitely go and and check it out if you want to have uh, a different kind of movie going experience but i have got one more film 
to talk about dumb money. I need to try and do some uh, research beforehand because it's about stocks and shares and uh, and all that that money stuff, which I don't understand. So I am going to go to uh, my last two ads for the night and uh, do some quick research and I will get back to you with some information after this. And we are back. You are on Radio Free on 107.9 FM. We are in the home stretch. Uh, yeah, that, that's right. It's almost the end of Unscripted, the film show, for another Thursday night. Uh, and then uh, we've only got one day to go until it is the weekend. And, uh, and, and what a weekend. A long weekend. I've spoken about three films. I will have spoken about three films by the time I uh, finish the show tonight. Um, Three films and there's three days of the long weekend. That's uh, you know Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Uh, so if you you know, want to go and see a film, that that's all your days covered. You know, you see you can see one a day. You can see all in one day. It's up to you. Again, not going to tell you what to do. Um, now the last movie I have to talk about tonight. Uh, usually, like I'm I'm cool with uh, people going in and seeing like a film just just fresh. Just like the film should tell you everything you need to know. You don't need to do any research before you see the film. So that's usually my mantra. Like you should be able to go and see a film and understand what's going on without any cliff notes. Um, you should need to go to a lecture beforehand, understand what's happening. Um, occasionally, occasionally it's not too bad to have an understanding of what it is you're about to see. And the, the film I'm about to talk about, uh, Dumb Money, is a film where you need to know uh, a little bit, not a lot, a little bit about shares and a little bit about this thing called selling short. Um, because it's, it'll, the, the film makes more sense when you, you, you know about it. Now, um, the film is a film about a uh, thing that happened in the American Stock Exchange where there was um, a massive interest in buying GameStop shares that drove the price up of GameStop stock, which you would think that's a good thing. You would think like stocks going up, that's a, that's a good thing. And it is a good thing for the people who own those stocks because the stocks are worth more money. And when you do sell them, then you get more profit because you're selling them. Now, there is this thing that, uh, you know, the financial investors and, and hedge funds and people like that do, uh, which is called short financing or, or um, you know, selling short. Now, what this means is that instead of buying the shares, they uh, – so they don't buy the shares and if the price goes up, they get more money. They – Buy the share. They, sorry, they borrow the shares from a lender, and they promise to give the shares back to that lender. Uh, so they've got to like buy uh, buy the shares back. So they buy the shares. Just say they buy the shares at a dollar, and then they promise the lender they'll give back that same amount of shares. But when they uh, buy the shares back, the price of them has gone from a dollar to eighty cents. So they buy back the shares eighty cents, and they you know make a profit of twenty cents for each share that they they make. Does that make sense? Uh, it just seems like it's, it seems really dumb to me. It seems like a you know because if they borrow these shares at a dollar, and then uh, the price of the shares goes up to ten dollars, they've got to buy the shares at ten dollars to give that same amount of shares back to the people they borrowed it from. So it's it's a kind of risky proposition. Like if you buy a share, say if you have a share and you go that that share's worth ten bucks, and so you buy that share for ten bucks. If that company goes out of business, you lose ten bucks. You lose that share. But doing this short financing thing, if you buy the share for ten bucks, and then that share goes to a hundred bucks. You've got to buy the same amount of shares at 100 bucks and give that back to the people you borrowed the shares from in the first place. So it's just really, it just sounds so stupid. And so here's what happened is that there were these finance companies that were uh, deciding to uh, do this short financing thing on GameStop. So they bought heaps of shares at GameStop when it was valued around about 17 bucks a share. 
and then uh, their plan was to wait until the stocks went down, buy back the shares they borrowed to give back to the, the lender, and then they make that profit on the, the other money that they you know didn't have to spend on it. But what happened here was they bought the shares at you know, around about seventeen bucks a share, and then all these. In retail investors, uh, who is when I say retail investors, that's you and me. <laughs> that's the people who are going uh, online to like a share um, uh, app or something like that. Going, oh look, um, I feel like buying some shares in Air New Zealand or or, or you know Step One Underpants or whatever. And then you can like buy a hundred dollars worth of shares, ten dollars worth of shares. Um, and so these these people were going on there and uh, they were going, I'm going to buy some shares in, in GameStop. Now, they weren't just doing this because they thought, oh, that'll be a good idea. They were doing it because there was a, a YouTuber who was saying that, uh, I think that the shares of GameStop are undervalued. And uh, I think that the um, finance people are going to try to you know, short sell the the stock and make their money back. And people are like, what the hell? No, I don't like that because I buy from GameStop. I like games. I like GameStop. So I'm going to buy some shares in this company. And the the guy who was the, the person who led this is a guy called Keith Gill. And he was there saying, look, I think it's undervalued. I think the stock's going to go up. Uh, I think that, you know, we've got to push this to make sure that these people, these hedge funds that are buying this stock, uh, the, these, the short uh, sale, uh, the short investment thing, these people uh, are just you know, trying to drive, drive the price down and we need to stop this. So... He inspired all these people to invest in GameStop and drove the price up and 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 up. So every time they drove the price up, that was costing these you know financial guys even more money. And they're like the 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 people who were investing, they were making you know thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions in some cases. The people who were selling short they were losing billions. <laughs> so this this film, uh, it's uh, a film where you're introduced to a bunch of different people. Uh, you know, there's uh, people who are like, you know, the retail buyers who are just going, I'm going to buy GameStop shares. I'm going to sit on them. I'm not going to, you know, buy them and then sell them. Um, so you're seeing these people who have, uh, you, you know, Paper wealth of you know a thousand thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars. You don't realize that paper uh, value unless you sell the shares. Um, but they are holding on to those shares to make sure that the value doesn't drop. And then these people who have you know bought short uh, you know, get, can just buy the cheap shares and then get themselves out of debt. So it it is a little bit confusing. That's what I'm saying. Like with this one, maybe you do need to do a little bit of research going in to understand the mechanics of it because. You know, I've done some research today and even now I'm still going, this seems so dumb, <laughs> which I guess dumb money is um, is uh, why they called the, the movie that. Um, but, you know, as well as uh, having a interesting story, it's interesting because it's real. This this happened. Like these these people exist in the world that, that experience this, this thing happening. There were people that were there who invested hundreds of dollars and that got turned into a lot of dollars and and then they 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 have no dollars because their dollars went away and and just it's such a human story of um you know greed but also determination of sticking it to the man of um you know it's it's kind of you know in the the, the French revolution they were like it's yeah, screw the royals and they chop off the rich's heads and do all that kind of stuff. This is a, a much more bloodless way of doing that. Um, and so it's it's kind of like you know, chopping off the most important thing to rich people, which is their money. Uh, so, yeah, but as well as all that, you get a great cast. So you've got Paul Dano uh, playing uh, Keith Gill. Um, I think I'm still a bit traumatised by his performance uh, as the Riddler in The Batman. Um, but not, not traumatised in, in a bad way because his performance was great. It's just traumatised in a good way. Uh, you've also got uh, Pete Davidson who plays his brother Kevin Gill. Um, Casting-wise, that's weird. I don't know. Looking at uh, Paul Dano and Pete Davidson going... One of them was definitely adopted, but, um, but yeah. And then uh, uh, Vince Nofrio's in the film. Um, 
had no idea. I think I think he might have been this dude who was always in a manor house and was always wearing a hat and had a pig. Um, interesting guy. Uh, America Ferreira plays Jenny. Uh, she is a, a nurse who's working in a hospital. She's full of debt and she's struggling and uh, then she invests in, in GameStop and um, she makes a lot of paper money. Um, sorry, makes a lot of money on paper. Uh, paper money and money on paper is two different things because Paper money is physical, and money on paper is 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 not. Uh, Nick Offerman, uh, always great. He plays a guy called Ken Griffin. Uh, net worth sixteen billion dollars, uh, and you know, just uh, he's very good. Um, Anthony Anthony Ramos uh, plays Marcus Barcia. Uh, he's a GameStop employee. Interesting to look at a guy who works for GameStop investing in GameStop. Very very interesting. Uh, Seth Rogen plays Gabe Pol- uh, Polinsky. Um, this is a guy who was like, yeah, I'm selling short. I'm doing all the short stuff. I'm shorting it up. Shorting it up. And uh, and then saw the price of um, uh, the GameStop going up and up and up and yeah, I'm sure he was uh, shortening up after that. Um, there's a, a, a couple of uh, a couple of um, girlfriends uh, who as well uh, they invest in GameStop and they're they're true believers as well and uh, they've just got that oh it's just they, they don't want to sell they don't want to sell but anyway, um, Sebastian Sands in this as well is like that's Sebastian Stan like. Goodness. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. I'll go with it. He's in it. Cool. 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 There's, yeah. Lots of great actors. Absolutely fantastic. Um, I enjoyed this film. Uh, and uh, it's just like, it's a human story. As I said, greed, determination, uh, gains, losses, just. It, it, it makes more sense than a lot of other films based on stocks and shares and all those kind of things. So, um, yeah, 100%, uh, if you want to go and see a, an interesting film, A Slice of Human Life, Dumb Money is out now in cinemas. It is rated R. Um, and I am going to give this film four and a half running with your tackle outs so uh there you go that is uh that's pretty much it and i'm down to the end of the show i didn't even realize how uh close to the end of the show i was and i'm apologizing to quizzy in advance for that uh i'm going to put on the uh see if i can find a a movie theme here uh, that is about three minutes long and uh, I think uh, I have found said film um, and I did mention James Bond earlier in the evening so this is uh, quite accurate. Uh, I'm going to get out of here. Rachel, Cecilia and myself will be back next week and we'll catch you then. Goodbye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Gentlemen of Pop Culture.